The First Amendment guarantees freedom of speech, at least in most cases, but not all speech has been free at Harvard. You see, for many years they've had codes of conduct because the university is called to a higher standard. These codes include rules against any speech that's discriminatory or harassing or laced with the call to bullying. All students at Harvard are protected unless they're Jewish. And that's our story on today's episode of World News Brief. Well, as always, it's good to be with you, but as always, lately, the news is not good. And what I just said a moment ago about Harvard is true for so many universities across our country. The information I'm giving to you comes from Fox News, and a lot of liberal mainstream media outlets are not really sharing this stuff, at least not in a whole lot of detail. Just recently, the presidents of Harvard, MIT, and University of Pennsylvania were confronted during a House committee hearing. It was dedicated to confronting the surge in anti-Semitism seen on American college campuses in the wake of the Israel-Hamas war. Representative Virginia Fox pressed the trio about the race-based ideology of the radical left, which she claimed the institutions are supporting. In her opening statement, Fox, chair of the House Education and Workforce Committee, held a moment of silence to recognize all the Israelis and others who have been killed, injured, or taken hostage by Hamas terrorists. She then addressed the three witnesses, Harvard University President Dr. Claudine Gay, University of Pennsylvania President Liz Miguel, and Massachusetts Institute for Technology President Dr. Sally Kornbluth. Fox said, each of you will have a chance to answer and to atone for the many specific instances of vitriolic, hate-filled anti-Semitism on your respective campuses that have denied students the safe learning environment they are due. As you confront our questions in this hearing, remember that you are not speaking to us, but to the students on your campuses who have been threatened and assaulted and who look to you to protect them. Well, that was a great opening speech. Unfortunately, these university professors were speaking to their left, the people that they were really afraid of and wanted to cater to, or perhaps agreed with. But Fox went on. She played a video of many pro-Palestinian protesters at college campuses shouting intifada. That's an Arabic word for uprising that is used to describe past Palestinian campaigns against Israel. The second and most recent intifada, which began in 2000, was marked by suicide bombings and other terror attacks. And of course, you all know what happened on October 7th. Fox went on to say, however, after the events of the past two months, it is clear that rabid anti-Semitism and the university are two ideas that cannot be cleaved from one another. We must be clear on the ideological dimension of this problem. For years, universities have stoked the flames of an ideology which goes by many names, anti-racism, anti-colonialism, critical race theory, DEI, the list goes on. Let me just say right here, Many of the student protesters against Israel are from the LGBTQ community. And Hamas, if it ever came into power, would execute every member of the LGBTQ community. This happens in so many radical Muslim-run nations. Gotta see the irony. Or shall we call it 
sheer stupidity and ignorance. And as always, the greater the ignorance, the greater the arrogance and self-righteousness. The chairwoman goes on. She says this value system centers the identity on immutable racial and sexual characteristics and presents a delusion that the color of one's skin and expression of one's chromosomes sorts society into classes of oppressed and oppressors. The idea here is that these days, if you're a person of color, you're oppressed. If you're white, you're an oppressor. And they view the Jews as white, although actually there's quite a tan Sephardic skin if you've ever looked at an Israeli. But the idea is Jews are being classed into the category of white. And yet there's something about anti-Semitism and Jew hatred that goes beyond whether or not people are viewing them as white. There's a lot more to it than that. As I've mentioned before, there's a spiritual component here that comes straight from the pit of hell. Anti-Semitism makes no sense. Anti-Semitism is one of the few things that unites the extreme left and the extreme right. Fox goes on, and now it is clear that Jews are at the bottom of the totem pole and without protection under this critical theory framework. Boy, is that the truth. She goes on and says, it proves your universities have at minimum a sense of accountability to the American people. But my praise for post-secondary education is very limited these days. Harvard, University of Pennsylvania, and MIT, you have a very big role to play in shaping the future for all of academia. This moment is an inflection point. It demands leaders of moral clarity with the courage to delineate good from evil and right from wrong. Well, it's so refreshing to see at least some people in Congress with moral scruples and a moral compass that isn't busted. Busted like in the definition of Isaiah. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Those are the times we're living in. People always ask me if we're the last generation to see the return of Christ. I don't know if we're the last generation to see the return of Christ. We may very well be. I do know that we're a generation that's living what Isaiah predicted. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who call darkness light and light darkness. Isaiah chapter 5. But perhaps the real star from these here rings is Elise Stefanik. Now, she's not Jewish herself. I mention that only because a lot of times in the face of anti-Semitism, the ones defending Jews are Jews. She is not Jewish. I want to point that out. Commenting on these hearings in an interview with Mark Levin, she says she asked the questions in such a way that it should have been an easy, yes, they were softballs she was pitching, but it will go down in history, she says, as the most viewed congressional testimony that Congress ever held. All three universities university presidents were uncomfortable. All of them equivocated, danced on the head of a pin, did not want to directly answer the question. She says to the president of Harvard, for instance, Harvard students calling for the mass murder of African Americans is not protected free speech at Harvard. Correct? And then she asked the Harvard president if she was familiar with the term infatada, cited multiple instances of Harvard students chatting. There is only one solution, infatada, revolution, and globalize the Fatata. These are all code words for massacre. And some of them, in so many words, are just calling for Israel's complete annihilation. And Gay admitted that speech calling for infatata and genocide against the Jewish people in Israel and globally was at odds with the values of Harvard. But then, when pressed about whether or not it literally violates their code of conduct, she said, well, it depends on the context. The 
context. Would she have said anything about context if they were talking about a person of color? Would she have said anything about context if they were talking about a gay person or somebody from the larger LGBTQ community? The idea was, well, speech that leads to violence is a problem, but we've got to see the violence. That's the context. We've seen the context, ladies and gentlemen. We've seen the context. On October 7th, women were raped and the rape was put out over Facebook. Babies had their heads severed. Children were murdered in front of their parents. Parents were murdered in front of their children. Babies were put inside of ovens. What more context do we need? And students have been justifying this. Oh, there's some people that claim it didn't happen. It was Jewish propaganda, but most of them are admitting it happened and they still say Israel's responsible. Israel had it coming to them. Doesn't violate their code of conduct? If somebody made an inflammatory remark against the LGBTQ community, said that men are only men, that a man with male anatomy can't call himself a woman, he'd be severely disciplined at the very least. Maybe even kicked off the campus, but that's the age we live in. Our previous president of the United States faces a criminal trial because he said he believed that the election in 2020 was fixed. And the claim is that even though he didn't purposely call anybody to violence by claiming it was fixed, that led to some of the break-ins at the Capitol building on January 6th. So even when President Trump doesn't ask for any violence, it's inferred by him simply exercising a real right to freedom of speech. And yet when the extermination of Jews is called for, that's different. These are the same universities who, when conservative speakers come out and simply present ideas different than theirs, claim that those ideas are the true violence. And then when groups like Antifa go out and commit violence, they call that free speech. Get that? Violence is free speech, but free speech is violence. Now, what is the aftermath of this? Well, the president of Penn State has resigned, but not so with the president of Harvard. As a matter of fact, there's a big petition circulating that's backing her and supporting her 100%. One of the things that came out in this is that she apparently has been caught in plagiarism. There was an internal investigation going on in the university that they were trying to kind of cover up, and this is blowing the lid off of it. But some people have suggested that there's no way they're going to call for her firing because she's African-American. And that's the age we live in. Go the certain mile to protect a certain race, but don't go even an inch to protect another race. Now, she's since tried to walk back her performance in Congress. Who can blame her for that? But I think we heard where she really stood on that day. Somebody calls for the extermination of Jews. That doesn't violate necessarily our code of conduct. That doesn't concern us. A person says that somebody born male cannot actually be a woman just because he says so. That concerns them. And that's our episode of World News Brief for today. This is Bob Siegel making the obvious obvious.